Hello and welcome to We're All Gonna Die and Other Fun Facts, a semi-regular, occasionally amusing, and rarely funny series of conversations on a random topic. This episode is entitled This Still Life, and it's about the new JB and JB split poetry series. And our guests for this episode are some folks who know something about This Still Life. The one JB, Jason Baldinger, and, and another JB. James Banger. Hey, welcome and thank you back to how many times have we have we've done this? I don't know, but you you and I have done this at least 10 times. So 10, I think 11, 12. James, I think it's your third time on I think the this show. Is my, yeah, I think this is my third. Third. Yeah. It's thank at least you your third. Us. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Molly. This is so much easier on Zoom than with me on a landline and him in a U-Haul parking lot and <laughs> you on a microphone telephone or something. I don't remember how we even did that. Yeah, so I had this device that I bought at a Radio Shack back when Radio Shack was still a thing, a, a physical place you could go to. And I think I bought it specifically for this show. That episode, I went into the Radio Shack, the manager who, because I would always go to Radio Shack and buy weird stuff so that I could do weird stuff, knowing that it's a third party state, she was outside smoking a cigarette and the store was empty and I walk in and she follows me and is like, what are you looking for? And I was like, oh, that thing for recording phone calls and immediately, you know, this is illegal, right? You know, this is Ill what you're doing is illegal, right? Do you know that? It's illegal. And I was like, oh, don't worry. It's for a podcast. Everybody's going to consent to it. I'll even record the consent or whatever. And she sort of didn't believe me, but they still <laughs> sold it. And she still sold it to me. But the other thing about that podcast is because, yeah, there was three people in this house on a landline and James was in a U-Haul parking lot on a cell phone. <laughs> I spent I don't know how many hours trying to clean up the audio of that podcast. And well, it was we appreciate still, your diligence. Yes. And it was still pretty unlistenable. I, I honestly can't remember because it's been that long. So yeah, it was like you could hear everybody if the volume on your device was up full and I just all this compression, all this noise reduction. I even tried like layering the tracks. So it was like it's just, everybody's just talking twice, you know, like like an Elliot Smith track or something that it would just have that have a little depth to it. And I just finally gave up and posted the damn thing. And <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. So this is much better. See, yeah. good things have come out of the pandemic. You know, it's like all that mass death, but yeah. Zoom. But we have this tool for making podcasts now. So, you know, yeah. From having multiple people talk. Yeah. Or or people not talking in the same room. There you go. That's 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 the other part about it. So let's get into it. This still life, uh new collection, yet another like so let's talk about so this is a split. Yes. But <laughs> unlike the the punk rock split seven inch. We got to talk about the format of this book, oh. and that there is—I uh, uh, don't want to—I don't want to call it call and response, or there, 
there is a reflection reaction that there, I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a who's got the first poem. Jason's got the first poem and then James has the second poem and then back and forth and vice versa. Well, it's actually changed with every book. Uh, the first one, I had the first poem and James had the second. The next one, James had the first and I had the second. And then this one, we go back or yeah, we're back to me. So uh, because it's a very egalitarian uh, uh, um, collaboration, you know, we should all have an equal space at different times. So um, I feel like it's a it's a conversation too. It's not yeah. it's not quite a, a call and response or anything quite as as um, I as structured as that. It's more just like an informal conversation. Yeah, I feel like. Well, also, I, if I recall, James, I sent you the poems, and you pretty much wrote twenty new poems. Mm -hmm. You maybe only used one or two like older poems to piece in here. So, something like that yeah yeah, yeah. so um, you were responding uh, yeah so there was conversation in in that regard right and so is that also i so yeah so jason you wrote 20 poems gave them the james right because i mean it is interesting how it struck me as i was rereading the book um this afternoon to get ready for this the way the how well the pieces connect I, I think I, I mean, I really admire James's writing and there's certain poems that I sort of save from books to go to James, you know, oh. um, and I, yeah, I think there, there's also a little bit more thinking, like when I put this together, I was working on my selected, so I had a couple of misfit poems that weren't fitting that were from other uh, projects. Uh, I had some various other things that I didn't quite know what to do with, but I liked how it worked. Uh, so I just kind of put it together and handed it to James and was like, will this work for you? And he rose to the challenge admirably, I'd say. <laughs> well, I, I always look forward to reading Jason's stuff. Um, like, Every time he has a new book, I've got to buy it. And, you know, every time he posts Damn. something on the 365 page or anything like that. So it's always a thrill. I, I don't know how many times I've listened to the audiobooks now. Like, I've, I don't know. I've, I've, I've worn out my ears. I've, I've worn it, definitely worn out some earbuds. Uh, so whenever I get the stuff, it's, it's very, it's, it's a, it's a welcome challenge because um i i always feel like i really got to step up my game for these collections not that i'm not like you know pushing it with the others either but no no but um, I, I i again i also send you like the, the i try not to send you any poem but i'm just like meh i don't know about that poem it's like no these have to be pretty strong if i'm going to send them to james because i i want you know good work together and i i think we've done and a pretty good job of that over the three books, each book we've gotten, not that any book is better or worse, but I feel like we've gotten better with each book at this. I agree. I yeah. agree. I think this one probably flows the best mm -hmm. of the three. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Um, the conversation has gotten a little more 
fluid, I guess, would probably be the way to say it with each book. We, we've learned a little bit more about how we talk to each other through these phones. So. And I would say fluid, and I would say also, I think, focused. I, I think that there is a very strong mood yeah. to this still life. I mean, there are these series of not only memory poems, but I think there is a sort of rust belt melancholia to, to the poems, too, that I think are, are, I think you're both really sort of locked in and on the same same wavelength. Yeah, well, I-70 corridor. You know, yeah. how many Rust Belt towns can I drive through when I, on my way to Shawnee, Kansas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, you're firmly in the Corn Belt uh, at yeah. that time, but still, uh, any any wander through St. Louis and you can't at least see that St. Louis was to some extent a Rust Belt town that is on its way out as well. I mean, it's a town that shrunk greatly, much like Detroit. So, um, yeah. I think there's just a nice straight shot line and I-70 is a good uh, example of that as any, where you can just see everything that James and I are talking about from the window as we go that direction. Yeah. And I think there's also yeah, this feeling of, uh, and again, what a great sort of zeitgeist. I have to use that word zeitgeist book, but you know, the, of our times of, you know, 2022, acknowledging i think for me and i think for a lot of people the american century is is over mm. and that you know is the world gonna function are we gonna function we're um, already not functioning we're already not functioning or as you know i was talking about mark fisher before we got started you know he, he has this great line about how you know in late capitalism everything is just wreckage and ruins Wreckage, yeah. relics, and ruins. That that sounds like a drive uh, to uh, Kansas on I-70. I mean, <laughs> you have to get off of I-70, of course, but stopping through all those uh, towns like Terre Haute. Uh, <laughs> you just you made my, that was that was my hometown. So I thought you were from around Terre Haute. Yeah, yeah, that's where I, I lived there for for sixteen years of my life. All right. So <laughs> that zeroed right in on that. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that area of Indiana stands out to me yeah. <laughs> uh, as probably the bleakest in some respects. I mean, the rest of Indiana, you have the cornfields that go endlessly. But when you get into that one little quadrant down by the Ohio River up to Terre Haute, it's just bombed out, uh, you know, mill and factory towns. So. Yeah. Um, what I was once told about Tarot was uh, it was uh, once a booming town, but it still hasn't recovered from the Great Depression. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've stopped because uh, RCA Columbia, Columbia had a pressing plant in Terre Haute for years. Mm -hmm. My mom um, worked there. Very good. Uh, so I always wanted to see Terre Haute for that reason, you know. And, yeah, uh, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good barbecue. That plant is uh, actually right by the high school I went to. Oh, okay. Like you could walk to my high school from that plant. Nice. Yeah. So across the state in Richmond, uh, Gennett had its record plant, mm. and 
they've turned the Gennett plant into a public park, uh, hmm. which is really interesting. I maybe Terry Hope someday could figure out a way to do that. But like the frame of a couple of the buildings are there, and then there's a bunch of mosaic plaques that you can walk past that are all the artists that recorded at the Gennett plant until it's, huh. uh, which would have been in the early 40s or so. Uh, maybe, maybe a little later, but I don't think it may be much later than that. Uh, but they also record it there, too. So uh, you see, like, Charlie Patton and uh, Hoagie Carmichael and I think Jelly Roll Morton was in there, too, but maybe I'm misremembering that. Anyway, doesn't matter. Artists wow. don't matter. Uh, so it was, like, a really cool stop. I like stopping in Richmond, Indiana for that reason, and Richmond and Terry Hope are in the similar situation, I think. And I mean, I think there's also the just the you know what has happened with that big agro. It's talking about the corn belt of you know big agro business and you know the family, the idea of the family farm being gone. That is also very true. The 1940 yeah. census, I think it was at 40 percent of Americans worked in agriculture. Well, we're all going to have to go back to that very soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is that argument in the end of oil that. The, the the industry the american industry of the 21st century would be agriculture yeah we're gonna have to learn how to do that again yeah. oh joy matt should we read some poems maybe we should get us out of this mariana's trench or maybe get us deeper in i think again you know we're talking about the mood of this uh, i love a carefully placed mariana's trench reference <laughs> I stole that from pre-insanity Dennis Miller, I gotta say. Okay. Uh, I'll uh, give credit where credit's due, even though he's completely he's our greatest loss on 9-11. <laughs> uh, would you like me to, to read one first, James, or do you want to start? Oh, go, go for it. Go for it. I'm gonna go with uh, the hymn to Groundhog Day here. Hmm. This cafe is contrary, a strange anomaly in this land of diners. Wallpaper bricks with watercolor Mustangs, one calendar, two posters of the Hulk, one Hulk decal on the cooler. And I wonder about the calendar to quality ratio, an equation mastered in blue highways, then wonder how many Hulk posters equal a calendar. The waitress says her son raises groundhogs, and I don't know what to say. Maybe she's fucking with me. I look deep in the Hulk's eyes as she says this year he has 42 groundhogs. That sure is a lot of groundhogs. Bessemer tunnels and carbon snow. A few towns away, my mother's family settled in the 1850s, dropping the A and the E and then the family crest before marrying into a family with a township named after them. A yellow sign juts up from snow and surrender. I miss the America I grew up in. And I want to believe this is a statement on the widening gap in equality, on the erosion of class, on the working persons giving it everything away, on the ways we allow government to fail and not mandating social responsibility. Instead, it's another absurd conservative spree about the good old days that never were, times when people went to church, family values happened, and abortions didn't. 
The stop signs here have addendums. One says stop touching me. Another says stop, pump me. And the last, stop and dance. These winter messages are so conflicting. I hunt frozen snakes along the Kiskaminicus. Here in the bleak of February, I fill myself with enough gray to crush the restlessness that grows with each season. Punxsutawney, 10 hours after the groundhog, he saw his shadow, so did this town. There is no evidence this civilization still tries to understand weather through the eyes of animals. Fantastic. Thank you. That's, that's actually an old poem. <laughs> I think I wrote that in 2016. That was one of the things that I unearthed with a selected and, uh, it just wasn't fitting. I had already had like too many poems. So it was like, good poem, good poem, good poem, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And like, that's one of those where I'm like reading it and reading it and reading it again and again and again. I'm going, how the hell do I follow this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a good thing. It's a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, which is, I think, the thing that that strikes me about these. So, I guess for the second book, James, you led. Yes. yes. And it was Jason's time to do everything you did, but backwards and in heels. Yeah. The old Ginger Rogers <laughs> adage. Um, yeah, I mean, what? I guess, I guess, both of you can talk about this. Like, what is that like to you know have? have this body of work that you maybe have either the pressure to live up to, but also this question about, yeah, like sort of subject matter or thematic link or, you know, what does that do to your writing? I'm just, I'm taking a look through the second book right now to kind of see how we did this. Cause I, I can't remember right now. <laughs> feel like at least on on for my part like if if i'm the the one who got the poems and 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 working on my end of it um it's uh i i kind of let let the the existing poems kind of set the tone and i see what what i can do to to maybe augment or find some kind of link in there mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, most, most often I just completely write new stuff. Every once in a while, I'll throw something in that's maybe been somewhere else in a mm -hmm. magazine or something. Um, and sometimes it'll be like, uh, in Jason's case with, with that last poem, where it was something I wrote maybe even years ago and I just never found a home for it. And then I realized that if I take that one and I rework it a little bit, change some things with it then then maybe it'll it'll fit and i think that's uh I, i've done that a couple times in those I mean, for the most part i i tend to just you know try to start from scratch because i'm never satisfied with what i've done so like i have a hard time looking backwards i understand that yeah same i think it's also is it you know the way that these poems work all night I hate to use the word prompts 
but maybe sort of sparks to dig through memory. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I know with the second book, Everyone's Alone Tonight, I just had so much material at that moment because I had done my residency that previous year. So I had just had more poems than you could shake a stick at. So when I was reading James's poems, it was fairly easy for me to find things that I had written recently that matched or tied in. Um, but I think his approach may make things more conversational uh, because he is directly responding uh, from scratch to these, which is a hell of a lot harder. The next book <laughs> is probably going to have to go that way for me. And uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that second book, uh, as I remember it, I think the way I put that together was I had like a few ideas for some chat books, mm -hmm. uh, like themed ones, because all my solo stuff is themed or mostly turns out that way. Um, yeah. But I just wasn't getting there with them, but I liked what I had. But it was like I only have like two or three poems about this situation and only two or three about that one, yeah. but they all kind of seem to work together. So those are the, the ones I gave Jason. Yeah. And I know that's what I did with the first book was that I sent you a chat book that I had shopped around and you had liked it. So we uh, just kind of, you rolled off of that book. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think with this book, I took a poem out and replaced it with one that I felt, fit what you were writing better at one point in time. Uh, but I don't think we've done that previously. We've generally kind of rolled with the order once we got it. Right. Like a change uh, before we finalize the manuscript. So. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. So to maybe see this in practice, um, I'm going to think about like the sequence when hope is on life support and Sunday. Okay. Because I think, you know, both these poems, I mean, there is just the practical, my father's car subject matter. Ah. But there is also this that I really enjoy this sort of thematic link of sort of, you know, fleshing out the world of one's parents mm -hmm. and the context of a childhood and a perspective. I, I did drop this line on one of my freshman classes um, yesterday, you know, now begins the process of two things. One, figuring out what your childhood meant, and that'll never go away. And, and two, deciding how you're going to live your life in accordance to how you were raised. You were yeah. either going to go with or go against, and mm -hmm. you've just started this process a week and a half ago. Good luck. <laughs> and in some ways, you know, and I, uh, you know, it's because sometimes you just got to give them those truths and just like, you'll be fine. Go eat some lunch and, and think about it and you'll, you'll be fine. Uh, you know, but I, I think the, these two poems have those dual links subject and theme and mood. All right. Well, we I could uh, read when hope is on life support then and uh, I'll, uh, Make way for James right after. Uh, when hope is on life support. There was a planet on the playground. Big and small holes, children popped through a game of whack-a-mole, the ever-present smell of piss. That planet is gone. 
No more piss pants. No more brutalist concrete 70s playgrounds. Now people get married here. I've been to a couple mostly because I know the exact right time to play Purple Rain. Tonight, punk rock babies are taking pictures of their Miata in the shadows of observatories. A 79 Bonneville hangs a left, beeping horns for familiar faces. Time goes out of focus, 1983 perhaps. Waiting on my father's tan Plymouth Fury to turn around in the cul-de-sac then wheezed to park. That car was a beast. Abandoned to three flat tires, forgotten after his death. My mother finally sold the Fury for a Benjamin. In 1986, seed pods falling into the snow as the, as the tow truck took it away. It was a cold day. Off from school, I shoveled snow, drank hot cocoa, the same kind of mid-80s winter day in the Rust Belt when rockets fall out of the sky and hope is on life support. James. <laughs> All right. It's another one of those where it's like, how the hell do I follow this? And it's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. I have only one memory of dad's canary yellow Camaro, which was, as that one memory serves, reflected the sun with a greater intensity than any paint job I've seen since. Rare weekend off, dad was doing the dishes in that little trailer while mom was off waitressing at Pizza Hut. My toddler brother was zoning out to some public access fishing show on the wood grain TV, and I was silly puttying the Sunday funnies. Garfield was the best. He had the score. Way better than that blockhead dingus. He knew what was what, even if... He wasn't quite as cool as that other orange cat, Heathcliff. Garfield was certainly cooler than any of the orange among, or the only orange amongst the stray cats I regularly fed on the sly. That cat I'd named Biff in mock honor of the bully from Back to the Future. While Dad dried the plates and my brother checked out some old dude bagging bass and Mom undoubtedly poured another drink for the drunken town, I decided. I needed some of Garfield's cool in me. So I tore him off the page, wadded him in a tight, as tight a ball as my tiny fists would allow, and shoved him as far into my sinus cavity as I could. Dad caught me in the act, sighed a tired fuck. A fuck that said, this is my first day off in a long time. Then he loaded us into that canary Camaro, and we flew the gravel, dropping my brother off at Grandma and Grandpa's in town by the tracks, and then heading straight for the clinic. Tweezers and some blue stuff and a squirt bottle that looked suspiciously like Windex were the order, and the newspaper was extracted and disposed of, and the nurse made me promise I'd never do anything like that again. Back in the seatbeltless backseat, I asked dad if we could stop by the McDonald's and get some cookies. That's that. That's a, that's a treat, James. Yes. <laughs> so I got to know what year was the Camaro? I honestly don't remember. Um, 
I was so young then. I, I'm. It'd have to have been 70s. Okay, so it was 70s. that generation of Camaro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was like, you know, the IROC 80s Camaro, uh, 70s Camaro. Okay. This, these things are important to me. <laughs> I was very, very young at that point. So um, I'd, I'd, I'd have to guess this would have been sometime around 1986-ish, five, eighty six. Weirdly, of roughly the same time as the poem that I read. So was referencing. So we, we again, we're hitting things. Yeah. That we didn't know we were hitting. And I, and I think also just that, you know, there is the child, like, can we get cookies and shoveling mm-hmm. snow and hot cocoa? But also that way that, like I said to my students, you know, figuring out the codes of adulthood or the the secret languages of adulthood or the the concerns of adulthood, like this is my one fucking day off. Yeah, that was that was the thing I didn't realize. Like I I remembered that day, but then like as I was writing it, like oh man, I re- now I know what that sign meant. Like that meant more than just like you asshole kid. Uh. You just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot more going on in that one word than, oh, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I understand. I'm sure my uh, my parents went through it. I, I definitely went through a, a no shoes phase mm-hmm. uh, around four or five. And I, we were in the emergency room once every three months with me having uh, – cut feet from uh, glass on city streets and shit, you know? <sighs> so I'm sure there were plenty of, God, you're making me do this on my day off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry you're hurt, but Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense. And again, I think it's this, this, you know, this conversation or the, the tone of this conversation and these connections sort of work throughout, you know, it's, you know, the, you're on a mind meld. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's book four going to be like in terms of wavelength? Well, ask us in a year or so. Yeah. <laughs> 2024. Yeah. That's what's exciting though, is I have no idea what it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like our, our books all have a similar theme and tone to some point, but I think they're all very different, too. Like, yeah. I think they all have a very different mood. Which, and though, I think, that, you know, if you both hadn't done this, I mean, the friendship for me, like, makes sense. Having read both of your work pretty, pretty extensively, I think I might be a completist for both of you actually for all of your work um, that there is this exploration. And I know I say this like maybe every time Jason's on the podcast and I'm going to say it again for anybody who hasn't been listening or missed the sound of my voice saying this was, you know, there is this remarkable thing of understanding and experience in the moment, but also understanding the meaning of history and the meaning of history of a place Mm-hmm. And that there is this, while it's also both of your poetry handles personal experiences, there's not a solipsism in it 
because there's always this gesture towards, well, this is what this means, or this is what this means for this place. This is what this means for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my own teaching and workshopping uh, undergraduate poets, you know, that's a, that's a hard move. You know, that's definitely a move that not everybody can make. And I think yeah. both of your poetics is grounded in that. And so that's part of why it works and maybe part of how you like sort of sought each other out or I don't know. What is the history of your relationship? How did you, how did you, how did you meet? You know, when did you knew, when did you know it was going to work out? Blue Springs, Missouri. Yep. Blue Springs, Missouri, 2016. Um, We were, I was on tour with Scott Silsby and another JB who we won't mention uh, had invited Scott and I to come to Kansas. Uh, so we made the trek from Chicago uh, in one day to uh, Kansas City, which was not fun, uh, and met and picked up Damian Rucci, who I met for the first time, uh, and drove to Lawrence, Kansas. The next night, we were in Blue Springs, and I, I imagine you were coming from work. Yeah, I, came, um, I flew straight from work, Tina. Uh, and Blue Springs is a very, like, one street, one horse Midwest town. You know, like, it's still dusty as shit. There's a couple of fast food restaurants by the interstate, but the downtown itself is not very big, and there's not much in the terms of business there. There's, like, a big general store and a couple bars, and this bookstore, which I think is now gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think it's there anymore, but that other JB had booked us together with Damian Rucci and Victor Clevenger, who is also a good friend, Sean Pavey. Um, and it was like the first time I met all these people and we all enjoyed hearing each other's work. Uh, James's work in particular, though, I felt uh, a midwestern kinship too mm. um like as i was listening to him read i was just like man this dude is, is i think he's trying to hit it from the same area i'm coming at and i i just i could relate more to uh and not that those other guys are not fine poets and not that i don't all love them in similar and different ways uh but we had a i i felt a very strong connection to your work immediately and uh i think we had perhaps chased around doing a collaboration, but I, I think I sent you the first uh, chat book and it's just like, anything look good to you? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, that, that's my recollection. I, I don't know what you want to add to that. So um, I, that was pretty much it. I remember, you know, being told, you know, you're reading with Pavey and, and Clevenger and Rucci who had already, already uh read with in the past or at least uh been on the same bill with in the past and then um these two guys you don't know silsby and and baldinger they're good guys you'll like them and so you know i drove out there and i was really blown away do you remember uh we met we met kevin peary that night oh, too at that bar he, yeah. he he bought us all drinks at the bar before the show the bar that smelled like hot dogs they were cooking hot dogs yeah um and yeah because i for some reason i decided i i was 
not drinking that night. And then, then he decided he was going to buy me a drink. So I was like, okay, that plane's out the window. Um, yeah. And then I was just blown away by, well, everyone's stuff, but especially Jason's. And I remember thinking that I need to buy all of his books tonight. Mm. And then I was like, well, shit, now I got to, the, as Jason mentioned, the, the town is not very big. So the nearest uh, ATM for me to be able to buy all of his books would have been a bit of a, uh, a jog. So I think I only bought one or two of your books that night, but then I, I was like determined to just hear everything. And so I like stalked your Bandcamp page and stuff. And yeah. And then you sent me those poems and I was, you're like anything work for you. And I'm like, how about all of it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Did you go to dinner with us afterwards? And uh... I, I didn't. Cause uh, I had to, I had to be responsible and like go home and go to bed so I could go to work. I, I, I couldn't remember how I, I know that crew was really motley. I didn't remember if you were part of it. I know. I, again, I, I, I stuck around for pretty much till the end of blue Springs. And then I know, I think you guys all went back to, to Kansas city and I went, yeah, we had a waffle house on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pavey bought us dinner, which is like in four poems now at this point in time, and these moments keep appearing, you know, they're like little beacons of light along the way. So <laughs> lights on the map. <laughs> So can we hear a couple more poems before moving on to the bottom five and sure talking about as you're thinking about as you're thinking about it, uh, you guys uh, speaking of being together Sunday, September 18th in the year of our Lord 2022, because the Internet is almost forever. So I have to mention what year it is. Sunday, September 18th, 2022. You'll be reading together again at Swordfish Toms in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kansas City, Missouri, correct? Yes. That is. yes. I always get confused by the two Kansas cities. I live in We've Kansas. I, I live in Kansas, but if anyone ever asks if it's, you know, if I say Kansas City, I, I'm more, I mean Missouri. No one means Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah. Um, no, no offense to anyone who lives in Kansas City, Kansas. I believe I made that mistake last time. I uh, Not the last time I read, but the previous time I read in Kansas City, I mm-hmm. I'd said something about Missouri and I was on the Kansas side or vice versa. And it was the one raspberry I got from the audience that night. It, it, it's, it's weird how, I mean, territorial either side can get when it's yeah. like, you know, that, that you can walk to the other state, like very I've easily. Done it. it's yeah. Yeah. It's like four state lines I've walked across. So it's like, I live in Kansas, but I, it takes me 20 minutes to get to swordfish Tom. So, you know, <laughs> James, would you like to kick off this round? Oh, sure. All right. Well, upon request, I think I'll do disrepair. Yay! (laughs) All right. Um, All right. Disrepair. He threw a wrench today right across the workshop where it took out any number of various items from the pegboard. The red gauge glowed Luciferian as the tools clanged to the concrete. He did everything right. Everything, goddammit. 
But here he is, late at night, doing his best to Frankenstein back to life, a cobbled vacuum cleaner, because who could afford anything new now? Mm. And it was all right. It was all good. Until it wasn't. And he's not sure when the shift happened, but it did. And now he knows he's in too deep. He thinks of the walnuts on Grandpa's farm, how clean and pure they tasted, how precise, how delicate the procedure of removing flesh from shell, how it never rained, or if it did, it wouldn't last. This dream was a lie. It might have been true for someone, somewhere, sometime, but not now, not for him, maybe not ever. Probably not ever. He goes over to the pegboard and methodically picks up his mess, carefully replacing each item because that's the best he can do. That's that one. All right. Well, since we're nearing the end of baseball season and it's September, this feels like a good poem for that. Where are you now, Benny Santiago? Improbable opening day. The swelter of July, the fate of the season, the fate of the country hangs suspended in unsafe air. It's been years since I made it to an opening day, the last one so cold, the stadium voted a campfire as between eighth-inning entertainment. The previous year with shirt sleeves, 40-year-old Benny Santiago whacked a triple even from the upper deck, you could see his eyes wide, digging for second. Spare parts strewn across the diamond. He slides, winded into third. I wasn't 30 yet, but I already knew what that run meant. How each stride felt. Then he retired the next day. I look over this year's opening day roster. Selfish, I know. The Rona cost a chance to see a historically bad Pirates team lose over a hundred games. I sat through those seasons before, listening every night as a roster of 4A players tried out there, not looking for wins, just hoping for attrition. I don't think the season will ever finish. Suspended in an open ledger like 1994. No boys of October, the crisp of autumn ushered in without ceremony. Tonight, Stallings, the backup catcher, Drops a single and brings in two. The Bucks never catch the cars. They need magic come the ninth. With a couple runners on and only one out, they get lightning instead. Harmless double play ball. Game ends soon forgotten. Stadium lights blink out the dustbin of minutia. They turn off the radio and settle back into a book, breathing water in a humid night. Sometimes it is attrition. Where are you now? Benny Good old Benny. Uh, a prized rookie card way back in 1988. Yes. A rated rookie, no less. I believe Don Russ, yes. Yes. The good people at Don Russ. I remember that. I remember that, that final triple and... It was a sad day. It was a yeah. good career. I mean, it's not like Yadier Molina or anything, but you know. 
He had a great career and he was, I mean, he changed the, the ability to throw from his knees to second base and the, the way he could throw pickoff. I mean, he was a Marvel. He was. And um, then he became a pirate. Yep. And then he died a slow, painful death as all pirates do. Yes. Except he retired probably quickly enough not to be sullied by it. Yes. Actually, James, do you have another one for us? I think, you know, to, to balance it out. Sure. Um, see. Equal representation. All right. The bottom five. Okay, cool. Um, all right. I'll do... Um, well, that works. I'll do the last poem in the book. Ooh. Uh, this one is called Steam. It's another one of my childhood memory things it takes place in Terre Haute so there you go they were closing the loop yeah um, steam we would always return to the stagnant tadpole water under the bridge spent rubbers and beer cans the scent from some neighbor's grapevines would offset the sewer runoff it was a freedom beneath everything and we saw ourselves reflected, distorted, and murky. Something inside ourselves, under the water, living amongst the bacteria of a ne- neglected ecosystem. Knives were traded with bloody abandon, and tails grew longer as the water went maroon with the sinking sun. Cars would crunch the gravel overhead, and we pondered what it would be like if the old cracked concrete and steel finally gave out and we were ended under someone else's final joyride. Sometimes that morbid fantasy seemed almost preferable to ever surfacing again. Mm. You know, there's some, there's some teenage angst for you right there. Oh yeah. Yeah, life. I was talking about this with someone else. Life used to just seem so large and onerous, mm-hmm. and now it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> At forty something, it doesn't anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And on that happy note, that we got <laughs> back into the trench. It's good. Yeah. Uh, and now it's time for the bottom five. A series of questions not related to our main topic that are of a surrealistic and or philosophical nature and the added bonus, since this is a dual guest show, you must reach consensus. Oh, geez. Yes. So only one answer is allowed. Okay. All right. Question one. And there's three questions coming up that no one has gotten yet. So, but this one may could have done it before. If you could unmake any invention, what would it be? Oh, jeez. There's a part of me that wants to make this really easy and say cell phone. Mm. <laughs> you know what, though? How about we don't go as far as cell phones? We just say smartphones. Okay, that's fine. Because cell phones, you know, just having a phone, like, in your pocket well, where you can call and text or whatever. Yeah. Not as obnoxious as smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Smartphones. I'd go with that. Smartphones. 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 We'd be in a healthier place. All yes. of us. Yes. I think so. Yeah. Question two. If there's a hell and you end up there, name one celebrity that you expect slash hope to meet. 
if there's a hell, who would I want to meet? Yes. Yeah. And while you guys think, I'll tell the the story that inspired this question. It was at uh, in my American Lit Two class at St. Francis then College. Uh, the professor who was like a World War II vet who you know began and ended every class with the Our Father. And this weird thing happened this semester. There was a nun who sat in the front row and they got in this weird like prayer race who could she would say the hail mary he would say the our father and it became this weird who could say it louder faster (laughs) who could get to the amen in time first or something it was just i don't know what was going on and at some point we were doing mark twain's letters from the earth and there's the line in there about, you know, well, let's face it, you don't want to go to heaven because all the interesting people are in hell. And heaven would be really boring. And the the professor just turns, the, the, you know, don't you think so? I mean, not to ruin your devotional, sister, but don't you think that's true? And <laughs> the zing. So... Yeah, so via Mark Twain through through my bizarre collegiate experience, if there is a hell and you end up there, what's the celebrity you would hope to hope and expect to meet? I think I know James well enough that this one might work. What okay, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> you know that was my initial response too, and then I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, well. I don't want him to be in hell. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, all, all mean, the interesting people are there. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that was that would have been my initial response right away, right there. See, this is going all too well, too easy. This is the mind <laughs> meld that has happened, or the the kindred spirits have met. All right, let's keep going. Question three. Actually, let's do a simple one. It's a yes or no question. Would you buy a used car from Shakespeare? Like if Shakespeare was just still alive in our time, it's like, I got this Camry, you know, low miles. I'm trying to think if I'd want to buy a car from Shakespeare. Yeah, like what is, there's a game behind this. What is he trying to do here? <laughs> Alas, poor Yurik. <laughs> This vehicle is a lemon. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I, I I just don't think writers should sell cars. Uh, I feel there's something about him. I just feel like I can't trust him. Like there's. Ah, it seems harsh to say that Shakespeare strikes me as dishonest, but as a, as a used, as a used car salesman, I feel like he would be. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> All right. Question four. Uh, under the premise of quantum leap, right? If you could quantum leap into the body of the life of someone else, if you could quantum leap into any band at any moment in history, what band would it be? What era of that band? And who would you two respectively be in that band? Oh, so we have to pick the same band. Yeah, yeah, there has to oh, okay. be consensus. In the same same era and area. Same era. 
But you can be like, I want to play drums. I want to be Keith Moon. I want to be John Entwistle or something. Jeez. Well, I'm happy to play bass. Um, But I'm not sure what that should be. As I say, being Entwistle would be cool. But at the same time, I don't think I'd really want to be moon or or uh pete townsend. Or pete townsend. Or pete townsend definitely not pete townsend but yeah definitely not hard pass yeah yeah I, daltrey know. seems like he's a cool guy but he's not really my style so yeah no no that, i don't think the who would be that band anyway you know? uh hmm. damn um now i'm like trying to go through all like 80s punk rock but like you know there's all those bands there's at least one guy in there that's like i don't want to be around that guy <laughs> unless you want to be that guy well yeah but that, that then you could reform like him i mean well, you could, okay wasn't well, that yeah, the premise of the show yeah, i never true. watched that's an episode true. of it wasn't it like i'm gonna be this person and fix it yeah i'm gonna fix their lives i'm gonna stop them from making that mistake Oh. oh man! I'll, I'll quantum leap into the guy who assassinated Hitler, but I'll put the briefcase in the right spot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, what would it be? What would it be? There's so many. I'm like looking at my my CDs now. I got like all my albums and stuff over here. I'm trying to come up with anything. But then you also have the, the problematic side, or like you said, that you know there 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 are people in these bands that just don't want to be, or, yeah, <laughs> or be around, or yeah. be around. You know, like I would say the Kinks, but then you have to deal with one Davies brother or the other, depending. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, and you know, great songwriters, not good humans generally. Yeah, see, that's the that's 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 another thing. It's like you want to. Do you want to be in this awesome band that's creating this great art, but you know, you're potentially miserable the whole time. Everyone around you is loving it, but well, you know, you'd be, you'd be a tourist. Yeah. I think that would be the thing, you know, that's like for me, my answer to this question is I would want to be in the B 52s in 1978 playing house parties and just making the squares of Athens, Georgia, completely lose their shit and what would it like to be a pied piper of that i am actually isn't a bad choice when you say it yeah that's you know if if we were gonna go that way i think i'd probably go with like very early oingo boingo maybe Hmm. i don't think i'd want to be elfman though yeah like maybe baratech i don't know Man, this is a I tough one. This is a really tough one. You'd think the other questions would be harder that, that, <laughs> that like those would have been the hard ones for us. But well, I think that maybe there's like too much existential, like <laughs> there's too much good music in the world. Yeah, there's a lot of good music, you know, kind of thing. You know, like there, there's a part of me that just like said, Hey, man, what about the screaming trees, like sweet oblivion era? Yeah, uh, but then it's like, but Mark Lanigan, oh. Sorry, I know he just died, but he did suck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, 
Jesus, this, this is too hard. I, what about the replacements? Maybe the replacements work. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with the replacements. Okay. Let's go with the replacements. So early 80s power trash replacements. Let it be era, I think. Uh, twin tone it. era. Let it. Oh, so let it be. Let I it be. I yeah, I would take let it be. Era. Okay. Let it be the high point. Yeah. You know, as Cheryl Crow once said, I spent two years of my life trying to live up to the vision of that album <laughs> and trying to be that album. So that makes sense. All right. Fifth question, which also might be difficult. I don't know. In spite of everything, oh, name a thing that can only exist in this moment in history and gives you great pleasure and joy. Something that could only happen in 2022, only be in existence in 2022, and is still something that gives you tremendous pleasure. That if you we all went back to the safe, comfortable 90s, pre-9-11 90s or something, you still you would lose this kind of thing. That is tough. I think the obvious answer for me anyway, would be like being able to do something like this, like the, the zoom being able to talk to people and communicate with people like face to face as, or at least as close to face to face as we can do in a way that like, you know, in the nineties, it would have been, you know, both of you would be people I would see at absolute most what once a year, if that i would say that's probably fair you know whereas now it's like you know we had this conversation what late late last week and here we are and i don't know i think that's that's my my answer that's fair i think my only the the only loophole answer i could give you is weed because <laughs> we won't be here in 1990 and it won't be here next year it's just here right now until i smoke it <laughs> But there'll always be more weed. That's the thing. Yeah, but this yeah. specific well, one. That, that last beer in my fridge, then, you know, that's it's <laughs> it's there right now. It's not going to be there later. Sorry, I was trying to lawyer it. I, I will go with James' answer. <laughs> yes. Great. Telecommunications is good stuff. So, uh, once again, uh, This Still Life, which is out on Kung Fu Treachery Press. What's the best way to get a hold of this book? uh through james or myself i think james actually has it up on his band camp page you can order direct uh yeah. i have not gotten that far in my life but uh yeah you can send me a message and that works too um of course all the other outfits and uh internet sites like uh the barnes and noble and the evil empire have it too i think bookshop has it as well so mm -hmm. I'll make sure when I post this on uh, the podcast website that I do include a link to James's Bandcamp. Yeah, that cool. works. Thank you. To, yeah. to score it. And again, that yeah. reading together, which I guess is, is it, is it a book launch party? Is it a... Uh... Like, yeah, I would say. I think we're calling it that. That's, that's the way, I, that's kind of the way I sold it to to the folks putting it, putting it on. Cool. And again, that's Sunday... September, September 18th, 18th. at 2022 at Swordfish Tom's in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's about it. 
our next episode will eventually happen and it'll be about something. Our homepage where you can find new and old episodes is going to die podcast.com. We're also on Apple podcasts. I think though I got to do something, to take care of that Spotify, Google podcasts, audible stitcher, tune in podcast addict. And there's some episodes of Mixcloud, and maybe I'll put some more up one of these days when I'm feeling frisky, follow us on Twitter at, at going to die podcast. And we're all going to die is also on Facebook. <laughs> Thank you. Special thanks to Andrew Fox for our lovely theme music. And thank you to our guests, the dueling JBs. <laughs> it is always a pleasure. Always come back. Always chase me down so I don't have to. And eventually this will just be the JB. JBs, we're all going to die. We're all going to die featuring JB or something. And it'll just be one or two of you forever. And we'll just do another 106 episodes. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we'll, that's what we need to do now. The next move, you know, there's that podcast that's doing like every guided by voices album or something, mm -hmm. maybe just a podcast about every poem. <laughs> maybe that's just yeah. total self-indulgence. Why not? Wow. Well, every night. A lot yeah. shorter. Yeah. Yes. You know, I tried listening to that, that guided by voices podcast and I got a few albums in and then I realized I just I would much rather just be listening to the albums. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that project seems that. so punishing. <laughs> why are we doing this? Why why are we talking about this much? It's better to listen to it. Yes. <laughs> so, later meets. All right. Thanks, Matt. See you. Thank you again. Welcome. Yeah.